In this week's episode, we're joined by Craig Austin, a good buddy of mine, business partner, and a top mortgage broker in Toronto, Ontario. On the episode, he talks about his first responder loyalty program and how they're giving back to charitable societies across the province. You don't want to miss out on this episode where Craig shares what differentiates him as a mortgage broker amongst the other 13,000 in Ontario. I hope you enjoy the episode as much as I did recording it with Craig. Enjoy. Welcome to the First Responder to Rich's Remo Show, the podcast dedicated to helping first responders earn additional income and create lasting wealth through real estate. Each week, we'll break down complex concepts, debunk myths, and interview a variety of industry leaders to help you thrive beyond your professional calling. And now here's your host, top producing mortgage broker, real estate investor, and fellow first responder, Scott Sarai. All right, welcome back to another episode of First Responder to Riches. This is a special episode. It's a non-first responder in the studio here today. Buddy's my good friend, my business partner, Craig Austin. Craig, how's it going, buddy? Good, man. Thanks a lot for having me on the show. Yeah, no, super excited to get this one on the books and get it happening. Um, for those who don't know, Craig Austin is a top producing mortgage agent in Toronto, or more importantly, I guess, Oakville, Ontario. And uh, he's on the show today to talk about a program he has in Ontario that's been helping fellow first responders uh, get into the market and uh, make things happen. So before we get in too deep here, why don't you tell us about yourself? Uh, who are you? What do you do, Craig? Oh, the dreaded tell tell us about yourself question. Um, well, as you know, Scott, I'm a bit of a homebody. Um, I spent a lot of time in my home office kind of uh, working on the business. And so, uh, I don't know, I'm a 40-year-old that has the uh, maturity level of a 25-year-old. I've got uh, twin daughters that are 10 years old, um, coach their softball team. I take them uh, to and from volleyball a lot these days. And so, that's what I'm up to these days. Okay, all right on. So I'm uh, I'm a new dad. I have a five week old baby girl. So any advice you having two twin girls for someone that has a, a baby girl? Yeah, um, I'm all you know. Not to sound like a drill sergeant, but I was always a big believer in just keeping them to a schedule. And so my daughters, I think I was fortunate just having twins, and they were in the same crib. They were kind of they kind of played off each other, but they were had nap time was every day at the same time bedtime is at the same time every day feeding time and so i guess consistency was everything and so they they were sleeping through the night pretty early on and um i guess that's my my advice to you just keep them on a schedule and and stay true to it i thought you were going to say maybe buy a shotgun or something like that but oh yeah no no no, no not yet they're, they're right. getting that age i think i can probably have to start thinking about yeah. it yeah a couple more years i guess yeah okay, so hug your hug your daughter scott all right you know. sweet Okay, so everyone that is a mortgage broker, they don't usually grow up wanting or aspiring to be a mortgage broker dealing with spreadsheets, finances, money. How did you become a mortgage broker? What was what was the pivotal moment in your life where you became a mortgage broker? Yeah, so just to take it back a little bit. So I I was in uh, corporate sales for a long time. I was flying around uh, North America, kind of going from uh, client to client. Um, I was in the food sales side of the business. And so I was doing that a lot. I had twin daughters. Uh, about 10 years ago. And um, I was kind of always on the road. I would literally, in some cases, I would drop the girls off at school. I'd fly to Montreal for a meeting and then get back in time uh, to pick them up from school. And so after doing that for a couple of years, I realized it wasn't going to be something I can do long-term anymore. It's slowly killing me. So I had a buddy, a really big um, 
mentor for me and a, and a good friend who was uh, doing very well in the business. Um, and, uh, you know, kind of started picking his ear. He's kind of a serial entrepreneur, Ryan Wiley, for those of you listening that may know him. Um, and so he's always kind of doing something. I kind of saw him rise to, you know, having a very successful mortgage business, among other things that he does on, his, uh, on the side. And so we were always kind of looking to do something together. And so when I was kind of killing myself at my my last job, he uh, we kind of had a game plan of how I could kind of help come in and support his business um, from a lead generation. That's kind of, you know, my area of, of support is basically being able to bring additional referral partners and leads in. So we kind of partnered on that. And in turn, he kind of showed me the business. So I was like, okay, I'm going to take the leap left my old job, left the old career and started with him and basically learned the business. So I was doing everything from lead generation, which is kind of what I was brought in to do. But in turn, I was doing discovery calls, budgets. I was underwriting files. I kind of got the whole scope of a business in a, in a six month to a year um, period where he was basically showing me all the inner workings. So I would say for those of you, again, who know Ryan, he, he runs a uh, uh, 10 loans a month Academy, which is the number one training brokerage in, in Canada, uh, not brokerage, but training Academy in Canada. And I think they're in the U S as well, but, um, I was always, you know, joke around that I'm student number one, where I, I'm like, just follow what he says, kind of follow the plan and, um, uh, you'll have some success. Yeah, right on. So um, it's funny. Sorry, go ahead. No, that's it. Yeah. It's funny that, uh, you referenced Ryan. So, uh, for those who don't know, uh, Craig is my business partner. He's based out in Ontario. I'm here in BC. And the only reason I ever met Craig or, or came to fruition with Craig is through the same person, Ryan Wiley. Um, I was taking the coaching from his academy and we just kind of became friends outside of coaching. And one thing led to another and uh, Craig and I got introduced. And a funny thing about Craig and myself is we live on opposite sides of the country and we only get to see each other face to face either on Zoom calls like this or the odd time we meet up for, for team meetings. And the one time I did meet up with Craig, actually the first time I met Craig, he threw me in front of traffic to get one of those scooters that you can rent. And I still have a scar on my arm for it. So Craig and I are forever intertwined in life because when my daughter grows up and says, daddy, why is that scar on your arm? I'm going to say, well, uncle Craig pushed me in front of traffic to get a scooter. So <laughs> I thought it was, I thought it was a nudge to the side of traffic, but you're probably right. Thankfully, it was like three in the morning, so it wasn't uh, there wasn't oncoming traffic. But uh, yeah, I felt I still feel on some level, I, I feel less bad about it now that I know you. But uh, <laughs> it wasn't a good only, introduction. But I think the only saving grace for that was we did a cold plunge prior in the lake in the middle of the night to to cool the body. Down. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. Um, yeah. So yeah, Craig is my business partner, and actually, there's three people outside of my wife that uh, have been quite influential on my my mortgage trajectory. And what I know today, and Craig is a big part of that. So I've learned a lot from Craig and Ryan Wiley being the second. And the third will be Scott Peckford, who's on the show uh, in an episode to come here. But these three men have shown me the ropes. And Craig was student number one of Ryan's. And I guess I would be Craig's student number one of his little training academy. Um, but that's kind of how we came to fruition. And I've had the pleasure of the last couple of years to watch Craig grow and watch his business grow. And more importantly, watch this first responder program uh, get some legs underneath it and really make an impact out East. So that's what we're gonna dive into here. Um, Craig, so let's talk about this first responder program. What's kind of the nuts and bolts of it? And then we'll kind of pick it apart. Yeah, so the nuts and bolts are essentially, you know, we're promoting our our, our mortgage business to first responders. So 
ex-military, uh, firefighters, police officers, nurses, uh, doctors, anybody kind of, I mean, this all kind of originated from the pandemic where, you know, kind of a, a give back, a thanks to the first responders who, you know, kind of got us through that, the whole time frame. And so what we did is, and again, I think we can be doing a lot more things to really promote the, promote it and get it out there in front of people. And obviously, you know, I would lean on you to kind of, you know, your expertise on how to get in front of the people that are in powers of uh, influence there. But really what it is, is uh, we were given back from our, our commission. So when we get, um, as you know, and I'll just explain to your viewers that we get compensated from the lender after the mortgage is funded. So we get a certain percentage. It's usually about 1% of the mortgage amount. All right. So the lender basically provides us a, a commission as a thank you for bringing our client's business to that financial institution. And so from that commission, we're going to donate uh, $250 right off the jump, right back to the client as a cash back, as a big thank you to them for, um, you know, doing their mortgage through us and a thank you for doing what they do for a living and helping uh, support the community. And then we also going to make a donation to a charity of their choice uh, for $100 um, to help support, um, you know, causes within the first responders community. So um, that's what we're doing. And um it's been it's been well received. I think there's a you know they appreciate the fact that you know there's some acknowledgement for what they do, and everybody likes to save a little money. So that's kind of what the focus has been on with the first responders program. Yeah, and I think it was kind of I don't know what the word would be, but uh, fitting that I was part of your team and I watched this program come to fruition because I get to see the files on the back end, and it's kind of like oh that's kind of cool. Like we're 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 putting money in this charity's pocket and we're putting money back in the genes of first responders. Um, so. A couple of things you said that I just want to break down for the listeners. So Craig and I are very open book, transparent. That's how we were brought up in the industry. So any mortgage broker who doesn't share or tell you what their commission is from the lender, uh, I would question it. I would dig a little deeper into that. But like Craig said, on average, we're paid about 1% of the mortgage amount as a commission. And, and that's standard practice. We don't hide it from our clients. We're very open and honest and transparent with them. That comes from the lender. It does not come from our clients. Our clients pay us $0. They very seldomly have to pay a fee for our services. And the only time that they would, it probably works out better in their interest for the scenario that we're putting in front of them. But 99.9 .9 times out of 100, you don't pay for Craig and I's services. The lender's paying us, but we're always working for our client's best interest. So we're not necessarily always sending you to one lender because we're getting paid uh, by them. We have a variety of lenders we can use we find the best fit for the client. Um, so that's the first piece. Uh, Craig had said that he's putting money back in the genes of first responders. So uh, $200, uh, it's a it's a big amount because you know no one else is offering that. Like the lender isn't gonna give you the money and sure as shit, the bank's not gonna do it. So um, Craig going out of his way to uh, put that money in your pocket is huge. And then I think the bigger piece that I'm not really talking about yet is the money to the charity. So uh, I, I can't speak directly to the, the charitable societies in Ontario, but I know in BC, we have like Wounded Warriors, uh, we have like Children's Hospital, uh, the BC Cancer Clinic, uh, the BC Professional Firefighters uh, Charitable Society, like Bright Nights at Stanley Park. Like there's so many good, and then every individual department's charitable society, there's so many good options where if you think about it, just for doing something you're going to do every three to five years, no matter what, you're making an impact for someone else's life. So I think it's huge. Um, Craig, so kudos to you. What would you say, like, ballpark, how many families have been part of this program? 
Yeah. So we, we started it um, during the pandemic. I would say we've helped over 40 families from the origination. I've partnered with another uh, couple mortgage agents here in Ontario to uh, help promote this. And so, yeah, between the three of us, I would say there's been uh, a number of uh, files that have come through the pipeline. Well, there you have it. Like that's like $4,000 at least without us actually going through the books to calculate it that has gone to a charitable society that's made a difference. So like I know in BC, uh, certain fire departments do like paycheck deductions. So like, it's kind of the same thing, whether or not you want to give 15 bucks a check to your charity, or you do your mortgage with Craig and I, and we put a hundred dollars into that charitable society. And again, this is something that you're going to do regardless. Like you're going to get a mortgage every three to five years. So why not make a difference with a charity and work with the best in the industry? And on that note, Craig, so I've had the pleasure of watching your business grow firsthand what is it that you do as a broker or an agent that's so different than everyone else? Yeah. So, I mean, at this point, um, a lot of the information, a lot of the things that I are nuanced to my business that I've, I've focused on have been budgets for my clients. And so, um, what sets us apart, I always kind of like to set myself apart from the actual bank, the lender, because I think our, our our main competition is not other brokers. It's more the actual financial institutions because people feel that they've banked with the bank for so many years and this bank, um, has their back, but really ultimately you're just kind of a number uh, in the big wheel of the, the bank. And so um, the benefit of working with a mortgage broker specific, you know, I'll, I'll speak to myself is that we have access to dozens and dozens of different lenders. Uh, and based on the amount of volume that we send to these lenders, we're able to offer more specific mortgage products and rate specials that are often not available to the general public. And in addition to that, we have dedicated underwriters, which means that we can expedite the approval and the processing of your mortgage a lot faster than going directly to the bank. So instead of you going to the big six, walking down the street, uh, we can actually have access to many, many different lenders, including the banks, uh, and basically shop you around, put them in competition with themselves. So they're fighting for your business. Um, kind of my claim to fame and how I support my clients with the home buying process is that we make custom budget spreadsheets. So I'm a visual guy. A lot of my clients are visual people. We break down what you qualify for on a very simple to read budget spreadsheet that breaks down not only what you qualify for, but we break down all of your closing costs. We itemize those. And then we take it one step further and we break down your monthly household budget. We make a video walking you through that budget because I can appreciate people may not be up to speed with their mortgage terminology. And then we hand you back to your realtor ready to go shopping for properties. And so, and then as you go shopping for properties with your realtor, the relationships that we have with these realtors, um, they'll send me over the MLS listing of the property that you're interested in putting an offer in on. We'll plug in the numbers, property taxes, condo fees, if there is any. And that way you'll know down to the dollar how much this property is going to cost you on a monthly basis. And more importantly, that you actually know that you can qualify for it. We can kind of show you what your max is. Um, a lot of people don't understand that property taxes and if there are condo fees, they do factor into your overall qualifying ratios, which you can qualify for the property. So um, we factor all of that in and that way you know exactly how much it's going to cost you and that you do qualify for it. So there's my long-winded explanation of how I uh, help support my clients through their home buying journey. No, for sure. And uh, I've heard that pitch quite a few times and I, I've watched it play out firsthand. So for those listening, it may not mean a lot to you that Craig says that he provides custom in-depth budgets, but um, I've done an Instagram reel on it before. I've talked to hundreds, if not thousands of clients on, on why this is impactful for you. Um, and I'll just kind of sell Craig a bit more on it is that if you work with the big six, a lot of them, if you go get a pre-qualification or a pre-approval, whatever the hell they're calling it, it means jack shit most of the time. Like they haven't even verified your income. They're just going to say, you earn $100,000, you're good for X amount. And then you go out and shop and you go purchase a property. Then you have to send it back to that big six bank. 
then they might come back and say, oh, actually, no, sorry, your income's variable. You didn't earn that much this year. You know, there's, they're going to give you a thousand different answers on why they can't stand behind their pre-approval. Well, I got an example for you, Scott, a really good example of that. If you, uh, if oh, I can. Let's do it, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I had a client a couple of years ago, maybe a year and a half ago, they got pre-approved with one of the, the big six, uh, big blue and, um, thought they were good up to, I don't even remember the number. I think it was $700,000 was the purchase price amount. They went and bought a property. Thank God they had a financing condition, a five-day financing condition. They took it back to Big Blue, one of the big uh, six banks. And the, the 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 difference between a mortgage broker and a bank is that we underwrite the file up front, which means we look at your documents, your income documents. We pull your credit. We basically get an idea, well, not a good idea. We, we fully underwrite the file before you go shopping for a property. So we know that you qualify for that property. Uh, in this case, the banks typically don't do that. They're not going to look at all the, uh, um, the income documents. And in a lot of cases, they're not going to pull your credit. And in their um, defense, the reason they do that is because they have such an influx of people coming from mortgages. And a lot of times, these mortgage pre-approvals amount to nothing. They don't end up going anywhere. And so they don't look at those documents before you've actually purchased a property. And so the problem with this, in this example, she got pre-approved. For seven hundred thousand dollars, but when she went and actually bought a property and took it back to her bank, they realized that she was technically not a salaried employee. She was technically self-employed that was on contract, and because she was that, and she'd only been doing it for six months, the banks needed a, a two-year average of her self-employed income to qualify that income. They needed a history or consistency of that income, which she just didn't have, and they ended up declining the file. And so, had she come to a mortgage broker that do, do, does their due diligence up front she would have known that she wouldn't have qualified for a mortgage under her current income. And then we could have positioned her in different um, scenarios that maybe have got her across the finish line. We were able to set her up with a, a B lender, um, which is an alternative type of lender, which comes with higher interest rates, but gets her into a property now where can, she can start earning that appreciation on the property. And then once she has that two-year average of her history, we're going to move her into an A lender. So there was, the, there was a, a positive outcome of that story. But it was a stressful situation for the client because, again, the lender didn't do their due diligence up front. And so that's the difference between the bank and the broker. So the moral of the story here is that the bank screwed the client and you should work with Craig and myself because we got it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Exclusively us. Exclusively. So further to these budgets, because Craig had an apprenticeship style bringing up in the industry with Ryan Wiley and I got to apprentice under Ryan and Craig. And my business is a, a mirror image of Craig's, just not as... Uh, voluptuous or successful yet on the west coast but the budgets they're, they're huge and like i'm just going to hammer this home because the listeners you might not think that it's big but like craig said so the, the first big pro with the budget is that he's actually going to verify your income and make sure that if he tells you you can go out and shop for seven hundred thousand, that you can go out with your realtor and go actually buy something for seven hundred thousand. so that's number one now on these budgets, Craig's going to show you what the monthly cost of that $700,000 property actually is going to cost to like, I think we are within like nickels on these budgets uh, with the clients when they actually take possession of these homes. So that's value add number two on the budget. Number three, when you work with your bank and they say, oh yeah, you're good. You're good for a million dollar mortgage. You need $200,000 down. They leave it at that. And you don't think twice about it, but working with Craig and myself, we're going to show you on these budgets that, yeah, you need $200,000 for down payment, but you also got to cover these closing costs because you need them at time of closing. And if you don't have them, there's going to be a problem. So uh, it shows you the closing costs. And I think Craig's within probably a couple hundred dollars uh, from what the lawyer asks for and what Craig tells them they need. Um, so yeah, there's, there's four big value adds. And, and I think that a lot of our clients come back to us and say that it's like, 
it's a game changer these budgets because when they go out shopping and if they narrow it down to one or two properties, Craig and myself, we're going to customize these budgets to that said property. And we're going to show them what 700,000 looks like. We'll show them what 675 looks like. And we're going to show them what 750 looks like. And we're only going to show them that if they're actually qualified for it, because we all know in these big markets like Toronto and Vancouver, when the market top we're in multiples and these clients need to know that they can pull the trigger in a split second and say, okay, we're going 50,000 over ask because we want this property. So uh, that's all I got on the budgets. I think they are an absolute game changer. I know it's built my business uh, way faster than I ever should have just by implementing them. Um, and Craig, I mean, Craig, Craig's taking the budgets to a whole nother level. And I know um, I've watched him do it where clients have come to them, be, come to Craig because he, they want to sell their property uh, and buy a bigger one. And Craig showed them how, okay, here's that option. But have we looked at this option as well, where you can retain that property and you can still go out and buy that next property. So Craig's not just a one trick pony. He's got a lot of tricks up his sleeve. Well, just to expand on that a little bit, as far as the budgeting goes, it's not just a, you know, someone that's buying a property. We do everything from refinances, debt consolidation. I'll give you a quick example on that. We had a, a client of mine recently that just came to get renew her mortgage. It was a couple actually um, renew their mortgage. Um, they advised me of what the bank was currently their current bank, uh, the current lender that had that they had their mortgage with was offering them. I was be able to I was able to beat that by almost a full percentage. So I, I was saving them over four hundred and fifty dollars a month just by renewing with me. But then when we looked under the hood, they had one hundred thousand dollars of high interest debts between credit cards, car loans, student loans. Um, There's a line of credit in there. They had one hundred thousand dollars. It was costing them around twenty two hundred dollars a month to carry. You know, a lot of those credit cards, lines of credit, especially the credit cards in the, um, they, they come with higher interest rates, right? So we're able to roll those debts into their mortgage at a lower interest rate, and we're able to save them over uh, $1,300 a month just by doing that. Um, and so there's a lot of different uh, scenarios that we build for our clients. We're not just about, you know, you're looking to buy a property when during refinances. Right now, the one big thing that a lot of Canadians are coming up for is renewal with interest rates being, you know, a lot higher when they first got their mortgage a few years ago. Um, we're doing a lot of renewals right now where we're showing people, hey, now this is the time that we can, you know, leverage some equity that you have in your property to clean up some high interest debts. If you're looking to, you know, take out some equity to go put that new roof on your house or put that new kitchen in, um, this is the time to do it. But also just save them money because what the banks, what I'm finding right now is that the banks, um, the big six are not offering the best interest rates available on the market. And we have access to other lenders that are offering much better interest rates right now to transfer renew your mortgage with them. And so definitely reach out to a mortgage broker to get those options because you can be saving a lot of money by uh, transferring your mortgage, even if you're not taking any equity yet, but just transferring your mortgage from one institution to another, uh, you can save yourself a lot of uh, money. Yeah, I think the time's come, Craig, where we stop plugging other brokers. Just come see me and Craig. We got basically the country <laughs> covered, like the middle, middle Canada, don't hate on me, but for the most part, Canada, the markets are Vancouver and Toronto, and we got you covered in those two. So uh, just come see Craig and I. And the moral of this is that the banks, they're not out to save you money. Like They they report to their shareholders and they want their shareholders to get rich. So that's why they don't offer you the best rate. Like they're offering renewal. Like I had a client, uh, he's up for renewal in six months. They offered him his early renewal last month at a full one and a half percent higher than what I could get him today but it didn't make sense for him to lock in today because we're on a declining rate market as of right now, things could change, but we haven't covered if we go back up, but it makes sense to kind of ride out the storm for this particular client 
to see what's on the other side in four months to see what he's offering or what the lenders are offering. And like Craig had said, other lenders are coming in quite sharper because they're competing for business now. Like their books are down a little bit because there's been less transactions in the industry. So lenders are competing now. And what happens is we see lower rates. So uh, hook up with Craig and I, and uh, we'll get, we got you covered. So the other, thing, the other thing I want to mention on that too, I just want to quickly talk about rate insurance that we offer our clients. Oh, great one. Great one. Great okay. one. Yeah. So which is essentially a buzzword. That's kind of what we offer. We call it rate insurance. Basically, I, I always say to my client, what's that? I think you patented uh, rate insurance. Well, I think I've, I've maybe Ryan owns it, but uh, <laughs> anyway, it's just, a, it's a, it's a way of just basically advising our clients. Like, and I always use the analogy. I'm like, you know, Hey, Mr. and Mrs. Client, has your bank ever reached out to you in the middle of your mortgage term and told you that you could save X amount of dollars over the remaining time you have left on your current term by breaking your existing mortgage and getting into a lower interest rate? We saw this during the pandemic when people that were in a 3.5 to 4% interest rate before the pandemic and then interest rates bottomed out below 2%, people could have saved a lot of money by breaking their existing mortgage and getting into a lower interest rate sub 2%. But none of the banks were reaching out to their clients, advising them they could save this money. And so working with the mortgage broker, specifically me and Scott, um, we will reach out. We literally have a spreadsheet that goes red light, green light. And so we're monitoring our mortgages on a daily basis. And basically when we get rate specials, and a rate special is a and a special interest rate that our lenders uh, that we have access to that are not typically available to the general public, when they offer us these, these incentives, which are called rate specials, we're able to pass those off to our clients to offer them additional savings. And so I'll give you a quick example. If you're in a current mortgage and you are in a five-year fix and you've got you know four years left on your mortgage or three and a half years left on your mortgage, and we get a rate special that could potentially save you $17,000 over the remaining time you have left on your mortgage, just because the difference between your current interest rate and the new interest rate that we can get you will save you that amount of money. We're going to present those options to you. We're going to make you a quick budget, walking you through the numbers, and then you can make an educated decision on whether or not to pull the trigger on actually breaking your mortgage. And in a lot of cases, yes, there may be a penalty to break your existing mortgage, but we factor that into the equation. And in so many cases that we see you can still save a significant amount of money by breaking your mortgage and going in with a different lender at a lower interest rate. So that's kind of our commitment to our clients where we're saying, hey, listen, your bank is not going to reach out to you in the middle of the term because they've already got you under contract and their main priority is to maximize their shareholders profitability. So saving you money is not on the top of their list. It's not even in the top 10 things that they're looking to do. We do because, you know, obviously my goal is to do your mortgage, your kids' mortgages and your kids' kids' mortgages. I want to be a part of your uh, real estate journey for a lifetime. And so that's kind of our commitment to our clients to say, listen, partner with us. We're going to show you how to save the most amount of your money, fully optimize your mortgage. So you're mortgage free sooner and actually showing you how to leverage that equity to potentially um, create generational wealth for your, for your, your family through potentially real estate investments or things like that. So you kind of have us in your back pocket, making sure your mortgage is fully optimized and you're saving the most amount of money. So that's kind of my, my pitch on rate insurance. Yeah, no, I think that was a great plug. So, so, so far we've got the, the budgets, the custom budgets, the, the video budgets, because first responders, I know who you are. You like to see things and, and actually look at it and, and not just listen to it like a lecture style. So we got the budgets, the video budgets, we got the rate insurance. Uh, we got the fact that Craig uh, lives in his home office under a bridge. Um, and we got myself, uh, I'm in my office quite a bit. So we're just selling you hard on working with myself and Craig, but no, I'm just kidding. Uh, okay, Craig, what's a normal day look like like for you? Like, are you a, a 4 a.m. riser, 5 a.m. club, gym, cold plunge, or you just wake up, and get at it, and get shit done? What do you do? 
Uh, okay. So I work late. I, I, you know, kids go to bed. I, uh, I do a lot of, um, evenings and, and nights just working away. I get up, I get up early, go to the gym, good breakfast, go to the gym, come back. I'm usually in my office by nine 30. Um, I'm a big time blocker. So I basically structure my day where I'm answering emails through a certain time. I'm taking calls. I'm doing some lead generation, um, through, you know, contacting my referral partners, touching base with them, giving them updates on files. Um, yeah, that's kind of my day in a nutshell. I don't have, you know, my claim to fame is I always say to my clients, I'm like, listen, have you ever tried to reach out to your bank in the middle of the day or even after hours or on the weekends to try and get a hold of them? I'm like, you know, I make myself, my, my, my availability is, is almost too open where, you know, you can get a hold of me pretty, pretty easily um, through text and email and uh, phone calls. And so again, you know, in those moments, and I don't promote this. I usually, you know, my, my referral partners and my other realtors that I work with know to give me a bit of a, a grace period, but in those instances where you're in a, a bidding competition, you're buying a property and maybe there's multiple offers, you know, lots of times I've been able to jump on a call, walk them through what their absolute max on a property is that they may not have been looking at a week prior. So just the availability to be able to get someone on the phone um, easily. One direct point of contact is kind of like another, you know, feather in the cap compared to working with your bank. No, hundred percent. And I don't want to speak to it too much because I don't want to promote people calling you at, at 9 PM or <laughs> 10 PM, but I can attest to it because Craig and I, we have a three hour time swing between the two of us. And there's been times where I've needed answers to questions and what would be after hours in Toronto, Craig's still available. Um, and the guy, like I said it to Craig, before a thousand times like he was cut to be a first responder like he is one of the most ocd people i've ever met that he would fit in very well in the one of the ranks of first responder roles um yeah so that's that's it's great it's great for business i don't know about uh everything else in my life yeah, but it's no, for sure okay so the listeners have heard me rant and rave about vancouver and why i think it's a great market and i've given them updates um, I don't know as much about the Toronto or the Ontario, more specifically the Toronto market as you do. What's going on back east in the big smoke? Like what's happening in Toronto nowadays? Um, as far as the real estate market? Yeah, I mean, I'm starting to see an uptick. So this is, uh, I guess, beginning of January right now, 2024. Um, definitely st starting to see a lot more action from the new year uh, on. Typically, the um, the spring market starts around Valentine's Day. Um, and then goes into the summer. And so I'm starting to see a lot of activity. I've had a lot. So in 2023, with interest rates where they were on the increase, now that the, the the word on the street that interest rates have started coming down, we've started to see fixed rates come down because they're attached to the bond yield. Bond yield has been low. Fixed rates have come down. Um, as far as variable rate mortgages go, we've already heard from the Bank of Canada, they're expecting a 1% decrease uh, in 2024 and another one and a half, one and a quarter in 2025. And so there's a lot more confidence in the market right now where I'm seeing people are who are sitting on the sidelines. I've never done so many pre-approvals in my life with clients that just kind of wanted to see what they qualified for. And then they just playing the waiting game. And so now they're starting to come out of the, the cave and starting to see what they can qualify for. We revised their, their pre-approval and we're starting to see a lot more action. Um, personally right now, I'm just starting to see a lot more of my clients um, starting to shop um, early on this year. And I think there's a lot of deals to be had because a lot of people that have put their house on the market um, and maybe have bought another property, they're kind of in a position where they have to sell their property. So there's some deals to be made out there for people that need to sell. Um, and that interest rates, although they've come down a little bit, there's still a lot of people that are still waiting or expecting interest rates to come down a little bit more. Uh, and so they may be still sitting on the fence waiting for those rates. So um, if you're in the market to buy a property, a couple, you know, 
trains of thought here, but there may be a, you might be in a position to get a property for a lower price without a bidding war. Cause I think once interest rates do start to come down, um, you're going to see a lot more activity in the market, especially when the spring market hits. Uh, and you might be in a position where you're that price that you could get for a certain amount today might be a little bit higher because you're going to be in competition with other buyers. And so again, there's different trains of thoughts there. Um, but uh, that's kind of the, the word on the street. Yeah, no, I think it's kind of the same out here out West. So with that in mind, where do you see the opportunities in the next three to six months as far as should people be looking at the condo market, the townhome market, uh, or like the single family detached market? That's a great question. From an investor standpoint, I mean, if you can get yourself on a duplex or a triplex where you get multiple revenue streams. So I'm thinking of a duplex. I'm thinking of one of those old wartime bungalows where the, the square footage upstairs is the same square footage as it is downstairs separate entrance to the outside, you can be earning a lot more rental income than buying a condo in the city. But with that said, a condo in the city, as far as low maintenance goes, you kind of set it and forget it. Um, you know, there's an, uh, there's an option there. The good thing about being, you know, in Canada, I mean, you know, um, lots of struggles right now with, you know, price of affordability of homes um, and the cost to carry mortgages and even rents. Um, but, you know, we are seeing, you know, I think what was it one over a million new Canadians, new um, Canadians came into Canada in my market, you know, typically historically over 40% of those have migrated to the greater Toronto area, which, which is where I'm located. And so for real estate, that's why I believe we'll continue to see it increase because as long as it's kind of simple economics, as far as supply and demand, if you've got a, a massive amount of population and in, in where I live, not enough uh, supply, you're going to see prices continue to increase. So if you own real estate in Canada, if you own real estate in the GTA, even where you live there, Scott, I think you're going to see it continue uh, to increase over time. And that getting into the market is just is where you want to be. Buy real estate for the long hold. Um, I don't think you'll ever meet anybody that'll say they regret buying real estate because if you've owned real estate, especially where I live over the last 30 years, the rate of return has been over 7.4%. In the last 15 years, it's been over 15% return on your investment. When we run our budgets for our clients, we run our numbers more conservatively at 5% appreciation year over year. And so when you have those, you know, some years it's going to be 1%, some years it's going to be negative 2%, but some years it's going to be 20% increase, right? And so historically year over year, you're going to be earning money off of real estate. So I think there's a, you know, it's in my opinion, my, my biased opinion, that's the best place to park your money. Yeah, no, I think Craig kind of buried the lead on this podcast with this final remark that just you need to get off the sidelines and get in the game. And Craig's giving me some plugs here on my Instagram because those are all reels that I've done in the past where like one was like get off the sidelines, get in the game. One was get on the property ladder and climb it. One was appreciation. And like Craig said, like our budgets, we go 5% conservatively. Uh, Craig's market, like you said, was around 12% 50, for the 15 year average. Uh, in my market, I think the 20 year average was almost 20%, which is like crazy. You got to remember, like during the pandy, we had like the big uptick in value. Uh, we may not see those great appreciation values, but like a 10% appreciation is quite achievable. And we're, we're running our numbers off of 5%. So um, there you have it, folks. Craig Austin. Uh, Craig, I really do appreciate you making the time. I know how busy you are. And this one's been on my radar for a while just because I look up to you as, a, as an industry icon. Uh, will you hang around for the Responder Roundup? I will, but industry icon is a bit of a stretch, but yes, I, oh, no. I appreciate that. I also like how you called the pandemic a pandy. I'm going to start using pandy, that. Yeah, I'm at, I'm at a point now where we just call it pandy and move on. <laughs> That's great. Okay. Um, I think I think we're all as first responders done with chatting about it. So uh, we're going to call it a pandy and move on. Yeah. Um, okay. Hey, everyone. Real quick. 
The Responder Roundup is brought to you by SGS Mortgages, helping Canadians achieve wealth through real estate. For a no-commitment 15-minute chat, go to www.chatwithscott.ca to see if we can help you. Question number one. Craig, I know you're a big reader. I've seen your bookcases. What's one book that you've read in the last 12 months that you'd recommend? Um, that's not Harry Potter and um, a, a, a book for 12-year-olds or 10-year-olds. Um, so the one that I've read the most recently is Extreme Ownership, um, which is that Jocko guy, Jocko Wilkin, um, basically just taking ownership of your life, not you know passing the buck essentially owning what you do on a daily basis. And, you know, if it's whatever it is in your personal life, your business life, basically just, you know, what can you do on a daily basis to make yourself more productive, more efficient, and basically cut out the bullshit and the excuses and just get down to, uh, uh, get down to work. Hey, that's a great book. I've read it. I liked it quite a bit. All right. If you had to eat one meal for the rest of your life and it's not Annie's or craft dinner, what would it be? Uh, um, Oh, there's so much. And I'm such a fast food junkie. I'd get a McDouble just like a Mac. Maybe <laughs> just get a big Mac. No, I don't know. I'll go back to my keg days. I used to be a, a server at the keg. I'll go, I'll get the uh, keg size prime rib, twice baked potato with a lettuce wedge, blue cheese crumble. Boom. And then uh, scallops and bacon on the side. And then how about a Billy Miner to finish? Let's do a Billy Miner. Yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah. And a keg Caesar on the side to drink. That's it. That's it. All right. That's good. I haven't heard that one before. I mean, I love how you referenced the keg. That's how Ryan and Craig met was the keg. All right. Uh, Favorite quote. I know you're very inspirational. You got quotes on your wall. What's your favorite quote of all time? I don't have quotes on my wall. (laughs) I'm not that guy that has quotes like around like the the roof of my, uh, my living room or anything. No, um, I don't really have quotes. I mean, I would be like, you know, I'll be like the Ric Flair, you know, to be the man, you got to beat the man. Or in the mortgage world, I'm the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. So <laughs> for those who don't know, that's, I believe, an Owen Hart reference or Bret Hart? Oh, my God. No. It's a Bret Hart. Bret Hart. Bret, I mean, that's close enough. Oh, geez. Well, Greg's a big WWE fan or WWF when he was watching it. But uh, I'm surprised. I was a big 90s wrestling fan. I should have yeah. got you tickets to the WWF here last week in Vancouver. or SmackDown. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know too much is going on these days, but uh, uh, late, late, or I guess nineties in general. I was a, I was a, I was a big nerd. Yeah, I still am a big nerd, but maybe in different. Well, I'm scared to ask this next question. Uh, favorite movie of all time? Oh, uh, Back to the Future one and two, and then True Romance is a sleeper that people should watch. It's with uh, Christian Slater and uh, Tony Soprano's in there as well. Great movie. I wrote that down. True Romance. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so favorite city to travel to in your home province? Uh, Huntsville, Ontario, Muskoka country, cottage oh, country. Cottage country. Yeah. Yeah. Good old cottage country back East. Okay. Final question of the day. One thing you've purchased for under a thousand dollars. That's been a, that's had a positive impact on your life. I got two, man. Okay. Uh, air fryer. And for those of you out there saying, well, it's the same thing as a stove. Yeah. It's the same thing as a stove, only way quicker, easier. It It's, game changer if i could i would get three air fryers just to accomplish like a full meal anyways it's amazing and the other one would be a tushy spa and if you don't know google it it's funny like some both items so we built a new house uh 14 months ago and my wife wanted to put uh power behind the toilet for a future tushy spa and i said no i said we didn't need it and then we traveled to mexico and the resort we had every toilet had a tushy spa 
And man, that's a game changer. Game changer. That's game changer. And then the air fryer, funny story is uh, Craig and mine, our, our good buddy, Ryan Wiley, I think he's looking for an affiliate uh, gig with air fryer because uh, when we were up at his house in Kelowna, he cooked everything in the air fryer. He had double double air fryers rolling, um, and that's how he cooked. And he's a big well, he's a phenomenal cook too. I mean, he's got all the gadgets, but he was yeah, he was yeah. onto the air fryer early on, early on. Yeah. So, uh, but no, yeah, I'm lucky. the The stove my wife put into our new house has an air fryer function, so one less okay. appliance in my house. Okay, Craig. Well, that's that's a wrap for me. Thanks for joining the show. Where can everyone that's itching to get a mortgage uh, in Toronto with you find you? Yeah, online I'm at Mortgage Craig at Mortgage Craig. Um, easiest way to get in contact with me is chatwithcraig.ca. Takes you directly to my calendar where you can schedule a call at a time that works best for you. Um, we do a deep dive into your situation and then uh, get you pre-approved for a mortgage, and you're on your very way. There you go, folks. Craig Austin, number one mortgage agent in Ontario, Toronto. That's not true at all. That's okay. <laughs> find him. Find him online. He's got a yeah. podcast as well. Check it out. It's on uh, Spotify, I believe. Craig, what's the name of your podcast? Do you remember? Yeah, the Mortgage, the mortgage Secrets uh, podcast with Craig Austin. Okay, check that out. Craig, thanks for joining, man. I appreciate it. We'll chat You're soon. You're the man, Scott. Thanks, bro. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to another episode of First Responder to Riches. We hope you found value in this episode and ask that you click the follow button on your preferred podcast platform. And please take a minute to leave a five-star review. Your feedback and positive reviews help us reach more first responders like you who are seeking financial freedom. Thank you once again for tuning in. Until next time, stay safe, stay inspired, and keep investing in your future.